What's happening, food eaters? This is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast and the self-professed prophet of processed foods. This is the 22nd episode. So what's on the table for today? In this episode, I'll be looking at some news stories about obesity and its link to processed foods. Some of the topics will be, one, BMI, what the heck is that? Two, what country has the highest percentage of obesity? You'll be surprised. Three, where does the U.S. rank in the world's most obese countries? Four, what is the obesity frequency for adults and children in the USA? Five, how does the USA contribute to Mexico's rising rate of obesity? And six, are we doomed by the epidemic of weight gain or can we do something about it? For those new to the podcast, here's some of my history. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food testing, and food chemical research. And for many years, I've had a fascination, some call it an obsession, with processed foods, what's in those foods, and how they may be affecting our health. I think this is still the only podcast that is devoted to looking behind the processed food curtain at all of those strange, unusual, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up and many of the foods stocked on the shelves of our grocery box and convenience stores. This is a 100% free podcast. No money will ever change hands. There are no sponsors or financial supporters. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine, and I refuse to help promote any business, commercial product, or organization. All I ask of you is to listen, and if you are informed, educated, or entertained by the content, Please let others know via social media or, you know, the old-fashioned way, word of mouth. Website and contact information is provided at the end of the show. Well, food eaters, let's get started. First, an announcement. In December 2017, Food Labels Revealed passed the 5,000 download mark. It was a small but significant milestone and pretty encouraging. This show today is a departure from the usual analysis of commercial foods found on your local grocery store shelves. This show falls under the category of current events in the world of processed foods. A few months ago, I created two Google news feeds to search on the topics of processed foods and ingredients in processed foods. To get the skinny on what's currently happening in the processed foods industry, food trends, and whatever social commentary was out there on these subjects. If you're not familiar with news feeds, they're apps that can be installed on your computer and then linked with a search engine like Google. The app is active all the time, and the net result is that the internet is constantly scoured looking for pertinent articles. Immediately, I started getting dozens of hits, and by week's end, there were hundreds of links listed. Fortunately, I could scan titles pretty quickly and narrow down the pile of articles to a few handfuls that were relevant to this podcast. But even with a quick scan, it takes a few hours a week to see if the articles are podcast worthy. Originally, I thought I would just pick maybe four or five subjects to talk about. But after a few months of collecting articles, it was obvious that there was one topic that quickly rose to the top of the pile. Obesity. That subject amounted to 15% of the total number of articles, a very high result given all the possible topics that could show up. 
the reason for such a high number? Unbeknownst to me, October 11th was World Obesity Day. Who'd a thunk? Now, World Obesity Day was not a day set aside to celebrate obesity. The British organization World Obesity established the day of recognition in 1998 to, quote, communicate the impact of obesity on people's lives, on health systems and economies, and also highlight the innovative initiatives being undertaken around the world to tackle obesity, end quote. This is one serious organization, with the publication of four journals, the promotion of world events and meetings, and a partnership with Lancet, the British medical journal, to create the Lancet, Lancet Commission on Obesity. They are all over this obesity issue. As for myself, I'm not obese, but I've been consistently overweight for the last 20 years. I struggle with weight gain all the time. My body mass index, or BMI, which will be discussed later, is 25. Now, that's at the low end of the overweight range of 25 to 30. However, my father, throughout his adult life, was always at the upper end of that range. Before he died at the age of 62, he suffered from cardiovascular disease, including heart attack and stroke. A good friend of mine, who recently died at the age of 68 from a chronic illness, had been obese since her 30s and had a BMI around 35, which falls in the obese range. Now, the, the subject of obesity is complicated, involving food choices, metabolism, DNA, stress, and lifestyle. However, having lived over 60 years, just through my own personal observation, I've noticed that obesity rates in this country have radically changed. The, the stats back up the observations. We'll hear about the actual numbers later. And it's a serious problem, a real health crisis, given that obesity contributes to all kinds of deadly diseases and lowers life expectancy. Now, it's my opinion that the processed food industry has contributed greatly to the problem of obesity. Many of the processed foods that are prevalent at grocery stores, convenience stores, restaurants, and even box stores like Home Depot, Menards, and Lowe's are full of fat, sugar, and salt, that are the material bases for weight gain. Do people have to buy these products? Of course not. But for a variety of reasons, our palates have been trained over time to crave these products. Like I said, it's complicated. There are family habits passed down. People have less time or choose not to cook homemade meals. The unhealthy products are cheaper and engineered to taste really, really good. People are working too much, and with limited time, they are convinced that they need to eat convenience foods to get by. And then there are the psychological drivers stimulated by advertising and marketing. A number of episodes ago, I recommended a book by Michael Moss called Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us. It's a really good read, highly recommended, and it illuminates this whole subject. I'll be splitting the presentation into three parts. One, obesity in America. Two, obesity around the world. And three, obesity in children. Here we go. This is from Fortune.com in an article entitled, Obesity in America Keeps Getting Worse. Quote, 
more than 70% of Americans are now either obese or overweight by this measure, which is BMI. The statistics are particularly worrying. Almost 40% of adults are obese. It doesn't take a genius to figure out why. The World Health Organization, WHO, blamed the relatively low price of unhealthy food relative to nutritious alternatives, calling for cheaper, healthy foods and more regulations and taxes to protect, protect kids against unhealthy foods. Worryingly, the upward trajectory of the U.S. obesity trend has been continuing. Despite many public health efforts to improve nutrition, and physical activity, according to Frank Yu of the Department of Nutrition at the Harvard School of Public Health, as told to NBC News. Quote, there's still a huge amount of cheap, accessible, highly processed food available everywhere, almost any time, he said. And despite people doing more recreational activities these days, the overall activity level, household activity, and occupational activity have decreased in recent years, end quote. Let's hit the pause button. I want to define the body mass index, BMI, since it is mentioned a lot in these articles. It has been around a long time, but I want to say a few things about it for those people who are unfamiliar with it. It's an indicator of relative obesity created by the mathematician Adolphe Quetelet in the mid-1800s. The BMI is the most widely used measure for relative obesity and calculates the relative thinness or thickness of a human body. Using English units, you can calculate the BMI by multiplying your weight in pounds by 703, then dividing the result by your height in inches squared. For example, I am 66 inches tall and weigh 155 pounds. Doing the math gives a BMI of 25.0. That is taking 155 times 703, dividing by 66, and dividing by 66 again gives that number. An underweight person would have a BMI score of under 18.5. Normal weight people would have scores between 18.5 and, and 25. Overweight people would have scores between 25 and 30 and obese people would be over 30. There are also degrees of obesity as the score rises above 30. Well, let's take a look at obesity around the world. The following excerpts are from The Guardian in a piece called The U.S. is Exporting Obesity. Quote, one of the paradoxes of modern global capitalism is that whereas more than 800 million people in the world do not have enough to eat, an estimated 700 million people are obese. Of course, the two are not necessarily directly related. A considerable proportion of world hunger occurs in countries suffering from domestic strife or severe government dysfunction. Although there is some connection between obesity and poverty within countries, it is notable that obesity rates in rich countries such as the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada are among the world's highest. Recently, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control estimated that a stunning 40% of all Americans are obese, 
a figure that includes 20.6% of adolescents, 12 to 19 years old. According to the CDC, the average weight of an American woman today is greater than the average weight of an American man in 1960, which was 166 pounds. Back in 1960, the average weight of an American woman was 140 pounds, while the average weight of an American man today is 195 pounds. Over the same period, the average height of Americans increased by only one inch, or two and a half centimeters. Although it is difficult to gauge the long-run health consequences, there is abundant evidence that obesity contributes significantly to higher rates of type 2 diabetes, heart attacks, and certain types of cancer. The health costs are staggering, estimated to be close to $200 billion per year in the U.S. alone. The causes of obesity are manifold and complex. Nevertheless, a growing body of evidence suggests that a culture emphasizing processed food and a generally sedentary lifestyle lies at the center of the problem. In emerging markets, er rapid urbanization is another important factor, as well as a desire to emulate Western lifestyles. Let's pause again and look at the countries that have the highest obesity rates. This information comes from the World Health Organization and is based on the percentage of the population with a BMI score of 25 or more. You're going to be surprised. The top seven countries and the ninth country are island nations in the South Pacific, with Nauru topping the list with 95% of their population classified as overweight or obese. What is going on here? Diet change, for the most part. Nauruans historically engaged in fattening ceremonies where well-born young women were kept inside and fed to excess. That legacy, plus the transition from a diet of mainly fruit and fish to Western-style meals, has been devastating. Now, the conversion from a native diet to a Western diet of processed foods containing salt, sugar, and fat triggered the obesity problems. In addition, type 2 diabetes is a major problem for the people of the South Pacific region. For example, on the island of Majuro in the Marshall Islands, 75% of the people over 50 have type 2 diabetes. 75%. That's extraordinary. Check out the link in the show notes for more information. Getting back to the top 10 list of most obese countries, number 8, not surprisingly, is the United States at 79% of the population with a BMI above 25. That is a huge number of people. We top the list of Western nations. Number 10 is the Dominican Republic and the Caribbean at 76%. Then comes Kuwait and Argentina, tied at 75%. Mexico at 73%. Australia at 21%. Egypt and Greece at 70%. Belarus and Eastern Europe at 67%. And the United Kingdom at 66%. Let's get back to the Guardian article. Quote, Many governments have launched initiatives to improve nutrition education. Unfortunately, industry advertising typically dwarfs these efforts. 
as do U.S. trade lobbyists' own efforts to push processed and fast food on the rest of the world. It is hard to ignore the fact that Mexico's adult obesity rate has soared since the adoption in 1993 of the North American Free Trade Agreement, also called NAFTA. While there are many causes, post-NAFTA direct foreign investment in the processed food industry and a surge in advertising are important contributors. Mexican consumption of sugary beverages nearly tripled between 1993 and 2014, and a new tax on sugary drinks has muted demand only slightly since then. The other NAFTA partner, Canada, has similarly experienced a rise in obesity, partly because U.S. imports have led to a sharp decline in the price of fructose. It is unfortunate that government regulators have been so slow to try to reverse these trends by, for example, helping to educate the public on the science of nutrition. End quote. Our neighbor to the South, Mexico, was just mentioned. Uh, let's take a closer look at that country. The New York Times had a lengthy article entitled, A Nasty NAFTA-Related Surprise, Mexico's Soaring Obesity. Here are some excerpts from that article. Quote, Mexico began lifting tariffs and allowing more foreign investment in the 1980s, a transition to free trade given an exclamation point in 1994 when Mexico, the United States, and Canada enacted the North American Free Trade Agreement. Opponents in Mexico warned that the country would lose its cultural and economic independence, but few critics predicted it would transform the Mexican diet and food ecosystem to increasingly mirror those of the United States. In 1980, 7% of Mexicans were obese. That's 7% in 1980. A figure that tripled to 20.3% by 2016, according to the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. Diabetes is now Mexico's top killer claiming 80,000 lives a year, the WHO has reported, end quote. Jaime Zebludovsky Cooper, Mexico's deputy chief negotiator on the PAC, said NAFTA didn't cause obesity. Instead, he said, it lowered food prices and reduced malnutrition. In 2012, 1.6% of Mexican children suffered from severe malnutrition, a sharp drop from the 6.2% in 1988, according to government data. Mr. Zabludovsky said that Mexicans had long been enticed by American food and that high tariffs used to make it expensive, not unavailable. The economy is now more stable, he said, and Mexicans are living longer, which is partly why more people are dying from non-communicable diseases like diabetes and heart disease. He said, it's a symptom of relative prosperity. What did Mr. Zabludovsky just say? Obesity and its attendant illnesses are diseases of affluence. People in Mexico, people in Mexico now have more money to buy junk food, but that's only half the story. Junk food is now more available. Back to the article. Quote, in addition to dramatically lowering cross-border tariffs, NAFTA let billions of dollars in direct foreign investment into Mexico, 
fueled the growth of, growth of American fast food restaurants and convenience stores and opened the floodgates to cheap corn, meat, high fructose corn syrup, and processed foods. The surge in agricultural investment from the north modernized Mexican farming practices, but it also displaced nearly 5 million people who worked on family farms. Many migrated to cities, adding to the ranks of those who rely on western processed food. The top two grocery chains and most of the top food service outlets in Mexico are American-backed or partners with companies like Walmart, Subway, and Pizza Hut. Let's review that statement. Cheap corn and corn byproducts, the ingredients that have made Americans fatter in foods laden with sugar, fat, and salt, are being exported to Mexico, resulting in Mexicans altering their diet and increasing obesity rates and the attendant health problems. Back to the Guardian article again. Quote, Last year, more than half the agricultural products exported from Mexico to the United States were fruits, vegetables, and juice, while these foods made up only 7% of what the United States exported to Mexico, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Duncan Wood, director of the center's Mexico Institute, said falling food prices, coupled with a stagnant economy, have left many Mexicans in a curious economic position. Quote, people are able to indulge in more processed foods, consuming more calories, Mr. Wood said, but not rich enough to have an affluent lifestyle where they are able to be healthier, end quote. Here's another excerpt. Quote, a study published in 2015 found that Mexicans bought, on average, 1,928 calories of packaged food and beverages a day, 380 more calories than in the United States, and more than people in any other country tracked by Euromonitor International, a market research firm. While the causes of obesity are complex, involving genetics, lifestyle changes, and other factors, multiple studies have linked weight gain to consumption of processed foods high in salt, sugar, and fat that are staples of retail giants, end quote. The last news topic to talk about is childhood obesity and the sins of the father will be visited upon the children. This is the saddest part of the obesity epidemic wide world. The eating habits of children are, of course, greatly influenced by their parents and extended family. If the adults in the family have bad eating habits, then those habits will likely be adopted by the children. The Harvard Medical School Online published an article entitled, More Than Half of Today's Children Will Be Obese Adults. Here are some excerpts from that article. Quote, A new study tells us that 57% of today's children will be obese by the time they are 35. And if a child is obese when they are young, chances are overwhelming that they will stay that way. There are many reasons for this. For lots of families, it has to do with economics. Healthier foods, such as fresh fruits and vegetables, are more expensive than processed unhealthy foods. 
Getting children to be active can be hard, too, when families don't have access to safe play areas or don't have the time to take them there, when sports teams are expensive or logistically challenging, and when schools are cutting back on recess to meet academic needs. The fact that screens and screen time have become so pervasive in our culture has also made children less active. What can make it harder, too, is that many families think that their child's weight will ultimately be fine. The study just released in the New England Journal of Medicine makes it clear that it probably won't. Researchers looked at data from tens of thousands of children and adults and developed predictions of adult weight based on childhood weight. What they concluded was startling. Not only are more than half of current children going to be obese by 35, but an obese two-year-old has only a one in four chance of not being obese at age 35. If that two-year-old is severely obese, the chance of being at a healthy weight at 35 is only one in five. By the time that severely obese child is five, they have only a one in 10 chance of not being obese at the age of 35. This study really shows that early obesity is a problem we can't ignore. An obese two-year-old is more likely to be obese at 35 than a 19-year-old who is overweight but not obese. I think most people would not have guessed that. There are definitely economic factors, and it's crucial that we as a society make healthy foods and opportunities for exercise affordable and accessible to everyone. And the following uh, is from a Newsweek story uh, entitled, New Study Finds World Obesity Rates Dramatically Increase by Tenfold in 40 Years. Quote, a new report in The Lancet shows that there are now 124 million obese children around the globe, up from 11 million in 1975. And experts say the health risks are worse in nations that can least afford it. Childhood obesity affects boys more than girls, with 74 million boys affected compared with 50 million girls. Girls in Malta and boys in Greece made up the highest obesity rates in Europe, while girls and boys in Moldova had the lowest numbers. The Pacific island of Nauru, mentioned earlier with its population of about 13,000, had the highest rate of obesity for girls at 33% and the nearby Cook Islands had the highest for boys at the same rate. In rankings, the United Kingdom was 73rd in the obesity rate for girls and number 6 in Europe. Boys ranked 84th globally and 18th in Europe. But experts say the problem of obesity is reversible. Quote, These worrying trends reflect the impact of food marketing and policies across the globe with healthy, nutritious foods too expensive for poor families and communities, Asadi said in a statement. To combat obesity, the WHO says people should eat less processed food and exercise more. End quote. Lastly, the, the following information came from the Daily Campus article entitled Childhood obesity is a problem. Quote, this change in world physiology can mostly be contributed to the increase in sugar, carbohydrates, and processed foods. As populations increase, resources for fresh ingredients become more strained. When added to the inexpensiveness of processed food compared to fresh, 
It is not surprising densely populated and physically isolated regions have seen large increases in childhood obesity. This change is also about taste. If given the option between a fresh salad and McDonald's, a naive child would pick the latter. If the parent cannot economically purchase the often more expensive salad, they will not put up much of a fight against the child's wish. Soda is tastier and even more expensive than bottled water. In areas where the tap is not clean, this argument applies here. These life choices not only neg negatively impact a child in the short term, but bad habits instilled young follow the individual into adulthood and if left unchanged, can lead to expensive and potentially deadly diseases. To combat this, 20 countries around the world have put a sugary drink tax in place. One of these countries, the United Kingdom, has seen an obesity plateau over the last few years. Yet levels remain that 1 in 10 children living in the United Kingdom is obese. Dr. Fiona Bull and the World Health Organization called for a worldwide crackdown on foods that are calorically dense and nutrition poor. Efforts are going to encourage physical activity. Yet regulation can only do so much for the health of nations. Parents must be motivated to make healthy choices for their children. Worldwide obesity is a troubling issue, but it's manageable. Through smart programs, policies, and decisions, we can decrease the number of overweight children. End quote. Well, that's it for this show. Here are some take-home messages. 70% of Americans are either overweight or obese. And then 40% of Americans are actually obese. We are approaching a time in the not-too-distant future when 50% of the American population will be obese. Obesity leads to all kinds of health problems, which is illustrated by the tremendous increase in type 2 diabetes. Here are some stats from the American Diabetes Association for the year 2015. 30.3 million Americans, or 9.4% of the population, had diabetes. 25% of seniors had diabetes. 84 million adult Americans had pre-diabetes. And finally, 193,000 American youth, that is under the age of 20, had diabetes. Although there are many factors that must have affected the growth of obesity in the world, there's no doubting that the rise of processed food has greatly contributed to it. Most of that food is cheap, plentiful, packed with calories of low nutritional value, and a steady consumption of it leads to deadly diseases like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and some forms of cancer. Children are particularly susceptible to obesity in our society due to sedentary lifestyles and the emulation of their families' eating habits. According to the Center for Disease Control, the percentage of children with obesity in the United States has more than tripled since the 1970s. Today, about one in five school-aged children, that is between the ages of 6 and 19, is obese. Lastly, the powerful influence of Western processed food companies expanding into new markets outside the West, like India and China, promotes the export of our unhealthy eating habits. And what's the good news? Well, the good news is that this subject is all over the news. The more attention it gets, the more likely people will pay attention to it. 
That hopefully will result in changing eating habits away from processed foods to healthier whole foods and minimally prepared foods, as well as a promotion of more active lifestyles. The change has to take place, though, at the individual and family levels. We must begin to reject the cheap and plentiful food packed with sugar, fat, and salt in favor of more beneficial choices. Otherwise, our health costs are going to skyrocket and bankrupt us. To all you food eaters out there, thanks for tuning in. If you could leave a review, good or bad, at the iTunes store, I would greatly appreciate it. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet wherever podcasts are found. Also, if you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast, feel free to drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's all one phrase, foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. And lastly, if you think your family, friends, or associates might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets. Until next time, if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. So long. Thank you.